A Stitch in Time saves the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The favorite podcast of angry, torch-carrying villagers. And now, wondering exactly why junior high became middle school, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We're so happy to have you joining us today. Uh, it's uh, a beautiful day to spread the word about Medicare. Medicare doesn't have to be frightening and scary and doesn't have to be a, a huge uh, Im- implement or implement impediment in your life. It can be a cause for celebration uh, and joy and especially joy at perhaps saving money. If you're paying way too much for an Obamacare health insurance plan, it's got a big, huge deductible. It costs a ton of money every month. Then uh, the world of Medicare is going to be like a bright breath of fresh air in springtime for you. If that's uh, what you're going from, if you're coming from an Obamacare plan to a Medicare plan, then I have nothing but good news for you. But that good news is all pretty much contained in my book, which I hope you go out and buy Medicare for the lazy man, 2023 new edition is on sale at Amazon right now. And at barnesandnoble.com 2023 big orange numbers splashed across the cover. The uh, rest of the title is, or the subtitle of the book is the uh, simplest and easiest guide ever. And if you are approaching Medicare and you're looking for a source of information that isn't going to give you a headache, it's not going to give you acid indigestion or an upset tummy, this is the source for you. Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. You can buy it in paperback version. You can buy it in Kindle or ebook version for only $3.80. My God, what a deal. And you can purchase it in the magnificent new hardcover version at uh, Amazon, which has colorful uh, innards. The uh, the guts of the book have been have had color added to them, and this makes it suitable for gift giving to your most esteemed friends and relatives. It's a, a hardcover book that I'm proud to have my name on, and if you send it to me, I'll autograph it and send it back to you. Uh, you'll be proud to have you uh, have your uh, identity involved with the promulgation of this wonderful gift for your friends and relatives. So I do want to thank our uh, my Canadian nephew, uh, Drew McMillan, who always does the introductions on these podcasts. Um, I sent him a message a few days ago after Randy and I had a discussion about whether or not he should do the voice for the uh, Audible book. The new 2023 Audible book uh, has to be recorded, and uh, Randy Carson told me that he thought that Drew would be an excellent candidate. Drew told me over Thanksgiving that he would be honored to do that 
So when I sent him an email making sure that it wasn't just the cocktails talking, because we had a lot of cocktails when we had a family reunion in California during Thanksgiving, uh, I haven't heard an answer back yet. So maybe it was the cocktails talking. Randy, what do you think I ought to do? Should I ask him again or should I just go ahead and start recording it myself on the assumption that he's too polite to turn me down? Mm, I would reach out to him one more time. Okay. Because he is so damn good at what he does. I agree. I agree. Except for an occasional Canadianism that he slips in here and there. He is a consummate professional. Here's a kid who used to be a kid. Now he's not a kid anymore, but he um, uh, has the uh, success of his, uh, I want to say, his mother asked him to uh, have something to fall back on. So unlike a lot of us who farted off in college, he finished college, and then he went out and got a CPA and got a secure job at a uh, an accounting firm in Toronto, and then he started goofing around. That's when he went into the TV production. He was a television reporter in Timmins, Ontario, which I don't think they know what color the soil is in Timmins, Ontario, because it's got three feet of snow in it all year round. But so he thought up many clever ways to discuss the snowfall and and uh, what they do with the snow and how much more snow fell. It's like the Eskimos have uh, 23 words for snow. Timmins, Ontario, they've got 23 different subjects they can discuss when they send a street reporter out into the snow to discuss the weather. So anyway, Drew McMillan has been in show business and he has been doing our voiceover work for a while. And I think he would do a fantastic job on the Audible book. So I'm going to pitch it to him again and see if he bites. So anyway. You know, what, you, know yes. you, you mentioned that he got a CPA. Yes, yes. And and you know what my act, you know, you know what my funny name is for a CPA, right? And it and oh, it fits it fits Drew exactly. Let me hold my heart-shaped pillow so my sternum doesn't break apart. And uh, no, that's a throwback to our last episode. Go ahead. Canadian party animal. That's oh, what it there you go. For. Yeah, I made the mistake of asking a couple of Canadians what uh, the uh, OPP stood for, <laughs> and, they, and they said, "Well, that's the Ontario Party Police." And uh, they're, <laughs> they, they're not big fans of the Ontario Party Police. Okay, so I've got, I wanted to start out with some things. We haven't done a, basically stump dug for a while. Ooh, ouch. Well, I just healed from the last stumping, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Be well, gentle. Now that, now that you're ready to go again. Be gentle with me. We are going to talk about history, and you're very good. You You get a lot more of these percentage wise than uh, you you would ever imagine because you are such a well-read individual. So I'm going to, I'm going to think for a moment, well, not a moment. I'm going to pretty well guess that you're going to be pretty well on track with this because this, this is a very seasonal thing that uh, will pop into your head. And uh, I don't think you're going to have a bit of problem guessing what I'm talking about here, but what happened today in 1946. Well, let's see now. Today is the 20th of December. In 1946, uh, uh, was it uh, Tucker in his new car? Oh, boy. That, you better uh, lube up that that buzzer. It uh, <laughs> doesn't sound that healthy. Tw- uh, December 20th, 1946. Uh, well, I know I was not even a twinkle in anybody's eye yet, so uh, 
that can't be. Um, let's see. Was it uh, the uh, Kuomintang versus the uh, the Chinese communists? No, that would have actually been 1949. No, no that's not Randy, it. Randy, Randy, you got to do better than just giving me a year and a date. So, so can I, shall I give you a hint? Please do. All right. Frank Capra. Okay. Yes. It's a wonderful life. Yes. Yes. Absolutely right. And we've discussed it's, that movie before because you asked me what they used for fake snow. And I yeah. said, whatever it was makes me feel cold every time I watch that movie. But in reality, it was filmed mostly in the uh, San Fernando Valley in California. And it was hot. It was like a huge heat wave. It was 100 plus degrees most of the days they filmed their outdoor scenes. Well, as you know, the uh, the lead the two lead actors were James Stewart and Donna Reed. And here's yep. here's your this is a bonus question to see if you can answer this. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you know this. Oh, I hope I do. I hope I do. I hope I do. Donna Reed. Where was Donna Reed born? Oh, Iowa, right? Denison, Iowa. Denison, oh, Iowa. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. You're doing wonderful. Let me give you one more bonus question and see if you can pull this one off. Okay. Okay. What part in It's a Wonderful Life did Lionel Barrymore play? Oh, yeah. He was the wheelchair dude. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was the uh, banker, the evil banker who uh, tried to crush the family owned savings and th they didn't call it a savings and loan. They called it a building and loan. Building and loan, yes. And what was his name in the movie? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. But Mr. So-and-so, right? He, it was uh, he had he had an area in town named after him, and it was oh, called yeah. Pot Potterville. That's right, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. Mr. I can picture Jimmy Stewart saying Mr. Potter. But um Saturday Night Live. I I'm the one guy that watched Saturday Saturday Night Live from 1975 up to the present, hoping to see something funny once in a while. It's been a long yeah. dry spell. I got to tell you, it, ha it has been a long dry spell, but probably 20 years ago, they had a, uh, a skit on about uh, it's a wonderful life. And uh, I can't remember what happened, but it was uh God, I'm trying to think of the, the star. He's still a, a, a favorite now, but he's a, a comedian who was a regular player on Saturday night live. And he and everybody else in the cast had a huge riot at the end of this skit. And they were taking Mr. Potter. They grabbed him out of his wheelchair and threw him behind the couch. And then they threw him <laughs> across the stage a couple of times. It was obvious that, that whoever had been Mr. Potter was uh, replaced with a dummy. And they were yeah. flinging this dummy around. But it was the townspeople rose up to uh, basically murder Mr. Potter because they had had enough of him. And so it was a yep. very funny skit. Yeah. No, I... I and every I have a series of holiday. I got to stop movies. you because I thought of the guy's name. I'll forget it again. Dana Carvey. Oh, Dana Carvey. Yeah, absolutely. He was the one that invented the uh, what was it? The so and so lady. Um, oh yeah, the church lady. The church the lady. Church lady. The church right. lady. Yeah, I <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I have yeah. a, I have as I was saying I have a. A series of holiday movies that I watch every year. Uh, and, of course, last night, maybe it was the night before, I watched A Christmas Story. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Ralphie that's, that's a good one. and yeah. Ralphie and the the little brother's name was. Oh boy. Oh God, I can't remember right now. But I will tell you that it's it's heartbreaking that they can't do good sequels because the sequel to that movie is, uh, ugh, you know, not yeah, good. I, I haven't watched it. I've seen it advertised, and I haven't watched it because I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I. I. I'm not sure I will like it yeah and i want and i want to i love the christmas story and i watch it every year sometimes multiple times but anyway the little brother's uh name that spent is, most of the movie hiding underneath the sink yeah was randy. Excuse me. Was, randy. Oh, was it randy okay well no wonder yeah. i don't remember because he was hiding and he had to be and he reminded me of my little brother he'd get all strapped up in his uh snowsuit you know, yeah. with the hood and everything else, and and uh, had the uh, laces tied around his face so that the flaps would cover up his skin as much of his skin as possible. And then he'd have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you'd yeah. have to get them all unpacked from the snowsuit. Yeah, yeah, it was very much like um, my life was in some respects. So I did not remember that his name was Randy. Well, you know, I was telling Margaret. I mean, Margaret doesn't get it. Okay, it, it's a really. Different, it, it's oh a my different, God! What kind of it's. Rock did she grow up under? It, it well, she's much younger than I am, as you know, and yeah. she doesn't she she doesn't understand a lot of the nuance of it. But that I told her last night, or I've told her multiple times over the years. But that was my life when I was a kid. Well, I had a very similar life, and I know that when I was a kid, I wanted a BB gun. All I wanted was a BB gun, and I knew enough to not want the red the Easy Rider. BB gun or red rider uh model red because yeah it looked more authentic because it was a lever action but it wasn't as powerful as the daisy pump so i wanted a daisy pump bb gun even though i i had my friends had daisy pump bb guns and it was really difficult to pump those things but they were powerful but my parents said no you'll shoot your eye out that's all i ever you'll heard shoot from your eye out kid exactly exactly so what happened when i turned 12 my father gave me a 22 rifle so <laughs> you know go figure but uh, i never did have a bb gun I went, well, I went right from nothing to a 22 rifle well same here that's exactly what i did but then my brother who was six years younger than me i was away at college my parents gave him a bb gun what the hell? My <laughs> my parents wouldn't let me have a car. Uh, we lived out in the country. You'd think I'd you know want to go meet some girls or something. No, no, we'll drive you. Well, that's going to be a you know a, that that's always late. an attraction for your. Oh girlfriend. yeah, that made me very popular around the ladies. <laughs> my, 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 hold on, we'll be there about four thirty. My mom will be with me. Yes, yes, and then Dad will pick me up at uh, ten o'clock. Uh, so anyway, my brother gets this uh, BB gun, and the first thing he did was shoot a hole in a window in our bedroom, which was, yeah. and I we, I had to share a bedroom with him because my parents couldn't keep their hands off each other, and they had so goddamn many kids. But he, uh, we had Pella uh, thermopane windows, and so the BB hit the inside, but it never. Uh, penetrated the outside pane of glass and it was like that until the day we sold that house so that's a that's actually a pretty good memory you know the bb fell down in between the two panes and probably in there somewhere to this day and uh, you can always remember that that was the time that happened well i wasn't going i was in college you know oh. chasing chasing i was trying to replace all the ladies that wouldn't give me the time of day in high school 
And so uh, when I got home, I saw the hole and I said to myself, self, uh, something has happened here. What has happened? And then it, I, it came to light that my brother had been given a BB gun at a very young, tender age. And I was never allowed to have a BB gun. Uh, uh, my sisters, my youngest sisters were given their own car so that my parents didn't have to be bothered when they went into town and came back. And when they wanted to stay out with their friends, uh, they had a Pontiac station wagon that we bought somewhere or inherited actually. And frankly, you know, I was very disturbed that I hadn't been given that same courtesy when I was younger. I, you know, I, Doug, I, I hate to say this, but I'm beginning to pick up on something. You may just, just may have been the wild child in the family. I was the first child, and uh, we were all about four years apart, which my father called his uh, college uh, college uh, financing plan. And I don't think I was that particularly wild, but I think they suspected that I would be if given enough rope. And so they kept a tight lid on me. And as the other kids came along, they were tired of being parents. You know, go have fun. See you later. Yeah, go was, ahead. Play. Yeah, absolutely. You can have all the fireworks you want. Well, you know something? I We've, forgot. We pretty I much for, yak all the way through the whole damn episode, haven't we? I, I, for, I forgot to turn on my clock, so that's that's the major problem. Well, so I, I would tell you the time, but you would have a heart attack. We have been talking. I, I, really, I probably would. So let me launch into our subject matter for today. Um, this was kicked off by several people, one of which was Steve. I know Steve is very prolific when he writes and asks questions and everything, but I also had um, questions about the same subject from other people. So I thought maybe it's time to address this subject. But Steve wrote me a letter and with a link at the letter and uh, the link said um, lassohealthcare.com 2023. And he said, what does deposit plan deductible and member responsibility mean in this context? And so I clicked on the link and there we were at the basic description of the Medicare MSA plan, the one Medicare Advantage plan that I don't hate. And in fact, I have sold a few and I do recommend them to people when the uh, circumstances are right, because it does have some fantastic elements to it. And in fact, I would have a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, I mean, if I had to have a Medicare Advantage plan, this is the one I would have for me. This is a plan that doesn't cost anything. It's got several elements to it that um, I, I should explain, but now my mind is on the short time that we have left. But the Lasso Healthcare MSA, Medicare Savings Account Plan, is a Medicare Advantage plan that does not have a network. It does not have the restrictions that take away the freedom of choice that all other Medicare Advantage plans, uh, which Randy lovingly calls. What do you call them, Randy? Ooh, Medicare. He hasn't. He hasn't even figured out how to turn his microphone I, on. I Medicare Scam Vantage. Scam Vantage. Med Medicare Scam Vantage is one of my newer my newer descriptions. Of I think it it's an excellent. Someone, someone in the podcast universe took my other nomenclature for it because I was calling it Medicare disadvantage and someone else just landed right on that and yeah. took it. That was an article that I read. And uh, frankly, they took your idea and ran with it, hoping for the glory that comes with every good uh, uh, thing like that. So in this case, Medicare scam vantage was your next one. I think that's an excellent one. So the Medicare scam vantage 
plans are all sucky if things go south on you, except for this one. Medicare MSA has the capacity to make you a very, very happy camper. Now, with all of the plans that I promote heavily, it has a high deductible. The Medicare MSA plan has no premium. It, it's cost-free, but it has a high deductible, and it, it has that deductible because they give you money which reduces the deductible and they have a choice. They, they can give you one of two different plans. So let's say I want a Medicare MSA because I'm tired of paying premiums and I want to uh, basically, I want to have a plan that offers all the freedom of choice of a Medicare supplement plan and I'm healthy as heck and I'm probably not going to need a lot of medical treatment. So what should I get? And I'm going to say, well, the Medicare MSA plan, it offers two options to you. One, you can uh, have a little more risk than the other, and the reward is there for you taking that risk. So if I wanted to be very conservative, I would take their growth MSA plan. And what happens is that is a $5,000 deductible. This, this is what Steve was asking about. What is the deductible? What is the deposit? And what does your responsibility mean when it comes to the MSA plans? And so um, it is, uh, I'm just looking at my neighbor who just came home. His backup lights are on. He's got a Cadillac and his backup lights are on in the garage. He just closed the garage door. Is it possible he left it in reverse? Oh, well, uh, I don't know. It's a newer car than I will ever have. That's for sure. Okay. So. The Medicare MSA plan has a high deductible, and one of the two plans has a $5,000 deductible, which sounds very scary, but here's how they reduce the impact of that deductible. They give you $2,000 at the beginning of the year. That means that you now have only a $3,000 deductible, and uh, frankly, if you don't need any medical treatment at the end of the year, uh, by the end of the year, so you've gone all year, you have $2,000 sitting in the bank account they've set up for you. And now, next year, what happens? They give you another $2,000. You still got a $5,000 deductible. Now you got $4,000 in cash sitting there. All of a sudden, if you need medical treatment that year, you've only got a $1,000 deductible. Not too shabby. Let's suppose you go to year number three. You haven't needed any medical treatment. You haven't used the plan you will be given another $2,000. Now you'll get $6,000 because you've had the plan for three years, $2,000 every year they give you of taxpayer money, by the way. And uh, you now, if you even if you meet your $5,000 deductible, uh, they will uh, you still have a, a thousand left over to invest or to play with or whatever. But what happens after you uh, have met your deductible? You will then have 100% coverage of all Medicare-related and Medicare-approved uh, procedures, which is pretty much everything that's going to happen to you. And then um, there are many, many other things, uh, taxpayer, uh, IRS Publication 502 lists a million other things like dental and so forth that you can spend this money on without having to pay taxes on it. Now, let's suppose you want the higher reward option. Then you're going to go for the Growth Plus MSA from Lasso Healthcare. So the uh, deductible there is going to be $8,000. 
but they're going to give you at the beginning of the year $3,000. So that means your responsibility, if you do the math correctly, is $5,000. Now, let's suppose you get trampled by a herd of elephants in the middle of the year. You're likely to have more than $5,000 of medical expenses. Uh, or excuse me, you're likely to have more than $8,000 of medical expenses. So they have given you a 100% uh, health insurance policy that uh, costs uh, nothing to you and has a, an $8,000 deductible. But you get trampled by this herd of elephants and you're sitting there with the $3,000 the plan gave you in your bank account and you've got a lot of medical bills, you're going to have to cough up five grand to get to your $8,000 deductible. So they've given you $3,000. you got to find five grand somewhere. And then after that, 100% of all your medical expenses are paid. But let's suppose that you don't have any medical expenses. Well, they've given you three grand. You're going on your merry way all year long. You have no medical expenses to speak of. Or if you have some small ones, you pay them out of your own pocket. At the end of the year, they're going to give you another $3,000. Now you've got 6000 sitting in your account, and uh, you have an $8,000 deductible on your 100% uh, health insurance plan. So that means your deductible for that following year is only going to be two grand. Your exposure is only $2,000. And so with both of these, you go three years without any significant medical expenses, and you're in the pink, your money ahead. So the Lasso Healthcare Medicare MSA plan is a plan. It's a, uh, a Medicare Advantage plan in which they go to the federal government and they say, give us a bunch of money for each of our participants. And they turn around and they put either 2000 or 3000 of that money into an account that they open for you at Optum Financial. You can take that money out. Uh, they give you a debit card. You can spend that money all over town if you want, but you get taxed on it if you don't spend it on the the lengthy list of medical uh, types of things. And uh, that lengthy list is contained in IRS Publication 502. And you don't have a, uh, uh, a network of doctors and hospitals. You can go to any doctor or hospital that is willing to take the plan. And that is pretty much any of them because they like the idea of getting paid. And so once they understand that an MSA plan is going to pay them what Medicare would pay them, then they typically don't have any complaints. So there, there's a whole lot more to this plan, but I generally <laughs> blew most of the, uh, early part of the episode talking to Randy about odds and ends. And all I can do now is say, if you're interested in the excellent, excellent Medicare MSA plan, let me know and I'll send you some material on it because uh, it may be that if you're turning 65 this year, or if you're leaving your employer, you're leaving your employer's coverage. It may be that this is a good option for you. If you're willing to roll the dice a little bit, you've got some risk tolerance. You're not a sissy. You're not going to hide under your bed if you have a big deductible plan. This could be just right for you. So Medicare MSA is uh, the whole uh, point of view, the whole thing that you're going to be looking at if you ask me for some more information on it. So what do you think, Randy? Is that enough for today? Enough content for one episode? That was like a good meal. 
It had a great beginning. It had a great middle and it had a great end. Oh, boy, I'm glad to hear that. Well, you should send us home then before we get tired of listening to we my... We are going to send... We're, we're definitely going to send us all home. But before I do that, we Doug already talked about the things that we've got available for you. Uh, we always ask you to go out and find us a way... Find, find a way to give us five-star rating because we're obviously in the rating wars just like anybody else. and But we certainly appreciate each and every one of you spending some time out of your day with us because I know, and as Doug knows, you could have been a hundred different places, especially this time of the year in the holiday season. But you weren't. You were with us spending a few minutes listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And we need to go ahead and sign off but before we do, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Cave Creek, Arizona, originally hailing out of Oklahoma, but now living in the high altitudes behind Cave Creek in his fortress of solitude. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>